With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. PM Tampa Bay. I'm Ryan Gorman and joining me on the hotline right now, a guest we've had on a lot here in 2020. He's helped us understand a number of different legal issues throughout the year. Brad Moss, national security lawyer who you can follow on Twitter at Brad Moss ESQ is with me to talk about a couple different things, including the post-election litigation that continues to take place. We'll talk about some possible pardons that President Trump might make. But first, let's start with this announcement by the Attorney General Bill Barr that John Durham, who is heading up the Durham investigation, the investigation into the investigators, has been named special counsel. What exactly does that mean, and how does that potentially change things? Sure. So it's a little convoluted when you read the appointment letter. Under the special counsel regulations, which were put in place about a decade ago, the concept was that if there's a situation that warrants bringing in a... uh, an outside party to oversee a probe of such intense political interest, public interest that you can create this, you can nominate someone for the position of special counsel and it makes it more difficult for them to be fired because in theory, the only person who can fire them is the attorney general. Um, it's not just some line prosecutor uh, at DOJ. So with Mr. Durham, the confusion here is that Mr. Durham's already an existing DOJ employee. He's a U.S. attorney in, I believe, Connecticut. The special counsel regulations only contemplate the idea of an outside person, someone outside the Department of Justice being, being appointed as a special counsel. And so it's one, it's a confusing part of whether or not the attorney general complied with the regulations here and whether or not he can make Mr. Durham a special counsel. The language of the appointment order raises additional confusion. Because it doesn't actually say he makes him a special counsel. It says he gives him the powers of a special counsel, which is confusing because there's no clear reason why to do it. The only obvious or apparent reason this has been done was to try to ensure, provide some protection to Mr. Durham going into the next administration, going into the Biden administration, that it would make it more difficult from a political standpoint, not necessarily from a legal one, but from a political standpoint, for the Biden administration to shut down the Durham probe. Not that anybody really thought they were going to do it. Joe Biden is not Donald Trump. He's not going to get on Twitter every day and and send out 15 tweets yelling about the evil Durham team and their angry group of Republicans out to destroy Joe Biden or anything like that. Um, And he's probably not going to be calling up people saying, I demand that you you know, recant your testimony to (laughs) Durham and change it. Like, like Donald Trump did with Don McGahn, but there was certainly a concern that Joe Biden could narrow or restrict or shut down the probe. And so that's what Bill Barr did here. And candidly, I don't really, you know, just for me personally, I don't really care if Durham finishes this investigation or not. If he finds something, fine, let's see it. Yeah. If he has, makes a report, fine, let's see it. But I think people had this fantasy in their mind that he was going to come down with these indictments of, you know, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter exactly. Strzok, Lisa Page, people who don't even work there anymore. So it's not like it's going to impact Biden. And it was going to be this massive, you know, fantasy of indictments. It's just not happening, people. 
And do we know where the Durham probe stands right now? This was something that uh, I think a lot of Republicans, certainly a lot of Trump supporters, the president himself, they were hoping it was going to be wrapped up before the election and there'd be some announcement that didn't happen. Do we know how much longer this probe is going to continue for or where they're at with it? We really don't. Um, I mean, the probe started May 2019, so it's been going for a little over a year. It depends truly on what Mr. Durham's found. As far as we can tell, you know, he's been tracking down every conspiratorial angle, if only to rule them out, mm-hmm. if needs be. You know, there's certainly been a lot of conspiracy uh, talk that's come out on the right over the course of the last four years of how this was all one big coup. All these people conspired to try to take down the president using various different authorities, and they broke laws in doing so. So there's an extent to which you would imagine, Bill, you know, Mr. Durham, who at least has a good reputation as being apolitical coming into this and did a rather thorough investigation into the CIA torture uh, practices at the beginning of the Obama administration. He did that for President Obama. It's, you know, you'd believe that he's trying to track down everything and try to rule out, if possible, these various little conspiracies. There's no indication that anybody has been told or given you know, a warning that they are a target in the sense that they are staring down indictments. We would get leaks about that during the Mueller you know, investigation. We got leaks when Manafort was the target, when yeah. Rick Gates was the target, when Roger Stone was the target, when Michael Flynn was the target. And so we really haven't seen any of that in the Durham probe, with the one obvious exception that we all saw a mile away when the ID report came out about the FISA issues, which was Kevin Kleinsmith, the FBI line attorney who altered an email. You can't do that. And it was a very important piece of information he altered because it impacted one of the FISA warrants against Carter Page. And so that was an obvious criminal charge that was going to come against Kevin Kleinsmith, but there's no indication anybody else is truly facing legal jeopardy. Could this get complicated? Because generally when a president assumes office, they make some changes when it comes to U.S. attorneys. And Durham currently is one, in addition to the work that he's doing on this particular probe. Could there be some issues there with the incoming Biden administration? It could get a little messy, depending on how they approach it. Um, from a bureaucratic standpoint, what you, you know, indicated there is accurate. Usually they replace most, if not all, of the U.S. attorneys. Um, if I'm the Biden team, the less oxygen I give to this, the better. Yeah. The more I make this about an attempt to remove, you know, Mr. Durham or to restrict Mr. Durham, you just give oxygen to the conspiracy. Right. As far as I'm concerned, I'd let him stay there and let him finish the work if it takes two more years. Yep. And once he's done, you can go forward from there and he can maybe leave, you know, maybe leave his position at that point. Mr. Durham's been there through Democrats and Republicans. He certainly has a decent, you know, he certainly has a good uh, reputation as being a political the last thing I would ever imagine would be a good idea for the Biden team is to go after him right now. I'm joined by national security lawyer Brad Moss running through a couple of different issues. Another bit of news that the attorney general made today, uh, he announced that the Department of Justice has an uncovered widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election, something that probably didn't sit very well with the president. Uh, then you had the president's attorneys, Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis, respond uh, to that. What did you think about that announcement? Yeah, you know, this is when fantasy meets the cold, hard truth of reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even the attorney general who has taken some various positions and made some various remarks that I have not found to be all that great or professional, even th- this attorney general said, you know, there's nothing here. 
you, we're not finding what you guys think is there. We've run down these little conspiracy theories you've sent us, whether it's Dominion voting machines, whether it's you know people jumping off trucks of ballots and all these different little theories that came out of this uh, litigation, almost all of which has been thrown out in court. We've tracked down, we're not seeing what, you're, what you think you see. And he made a decent point in his remarks to the Associated Press where he said, people keep thinking everything becomes, I don't like this, therefore I demand the Justice Department investigate it. Yeah. That's not the role of the Justice Department in the end. They are not there to be the fix to everything, especially elections, which are supposed to be almost entirely run at the state level. And that was a bit of a dig, not only at the president's legal team, but at the president himself, who everything comes down to, where's DOJ, where's DOJ? That's really not their job here. It's the job of the local law enforcement, and it's the job of the local courts. And those local courts have laughed out the president's legal claims time and time and time again over the last three or four weeks. Look, I'm not a lawyer. I don't pretend to be a lawyer, but I do my best to understand all these legal issues. And part of that is connecting with the best and brightest in the law profession to help with that, like you, Brad. And what I've seen, both firsthand and the reaction from some of the most respected legal minds this country has to offer, is brutal assessment after brutal assessment at the work the president's lawyers have done, Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis, and the work a lawyer connected to that team, Sidney Powell, has done. It's, it's nothing short of a complete embarrassment. Their work has been laughable, and that's being generous. Yeah, so you, know, you think back to 2000, when you had the two legal teams between Bush and Gore, you had two top-notch, white-collar, top-of-their-game election uh, lawyer teams going at it back and forth. It was very well done in terms of how they fought out those cases which resulted in the ultimate Bush, you know, Bush v. Gore ruling, which we'll probably be debating the legal merits of until the end of time. But with this, this is like every reject legal theory in the planet from every Reddit and, Q and 4chan and 8chan thread you've ever seen put into legal documents and thrust upon the court. I mean, the judges are laughing this stuff out of the room. Yeah. They're laughing. Some of the, you know, they're, these affidavits include ridiculous levels of hearsay at times are people's subjective opinions of what they thought was fraud, but they, it turned out they just didn't understand what was going on or people, what was it the, the one that Mr. Rudy Giuliani had a person testifying yesterday uh, in, I think it was Arizona, one of these witnesses, how he was debriefed by an intelligence officer who had talked to somebody else about how Hugh, the long dead Hugo Chavez built these machines 10 years ago. I'm like, what does this have to do with the election? But this is what happens when your entire premise requires multiple layers and leaps of faith in conspiracy porn to get to a point where you actually think you've got evidence of fraud. And it's just not there. And some of these people submitting these legal documents are at real risk of losing their licenses if they don't watch it. Yeah, it's that bad. And, and look, you're talking about conservative judges, Trump-appointed judges who are saying, seriously, this is what you're bringing to the court? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you, you saw that in the Third Circuit. The Third Circuit laughed out of the room the, uh, the Trump team's arguments. They're trying now to bring it to the Supreme Court. Laughed it out of the room. That was authored by a Trump appointee at the Third Circuit. And the two other judges on the panel were Republican appointees from George W. Bush. These aren't die in the wool liberals 
you know, who live on soy lattes and vegan burgers. These are diehard conservatives, and they're laughing this stuff out of the room, going, what on earth are you bringing to us? This doesn't meet any kind of semblance of the rules of evidence, doesn't meet any parameters for fraud. They didn't even plead fraud in some of these cases. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani had to go for the judge and said, well, this is not a fraud case. And then he goes on TV and say, fraud, fraud, fraud. You can't have it both ways. But this is what happens when your legal team is more adept at making sound bites on Fox mm-hmm. than actually arguing a case in court. I'm joined by national security lawyer Brad Moss here on PM Tampa Bay. Final thing I want to touch on, we've already had one big pardon, pardon of Michael Flynn. Uh, We're expecting more to come. Where could this go and how much authority does the president have in this respect? How much constitutional authority, how much leeway does he have with this pardon power? So there's not a lot of case law. There's some, but not a lot of case law on the reach and discretion of the pardon authority. It's a very clear enumerated authority out in the constitution that's delegated to the president. In theory, he can pardon people for crimes that have ever been charged that haven't even been contemplated yet. In theory, he could pardon himself. We don't really know how it would play out if challenged in court. Um, the circumstances in the past where the pardon power has been challenged has been sort of on the margins. Things like, does being pardoned mean that your conviction doesn't exist for purposes of recovering certain benefits that state law would preclude for a fel- for a former felon or things like that, or issues of you know recovering your voting rights, things along those lines. We never had a challenge to whether or not Ford could actually pardon Nixon mm-hmm. for what happened when Ford came, when Nixon resigned and Ford took over. We have never had a challenge. There was you know an investigation in two thousand one whether or not there was bribery or extortion when Bill Clinton pardoned Mark Rich, the very wealthy fugitive financier, and there was concerns about there had been bribery involved in that. It was a grand jury probe, but they ultimately didn't bring any indictments, certainly not against Bill Clinton, uh, because there was no proof of any kind of quid pro quo. But if if uh, Donald Trump wants to start pardoning Paul Manafort, he can. If he wants to pardon all of his kids, he can. If he wants to pardon himself, he can, and it really becomes a question of who's going to actually want to, you know, touch that third rail and bring a challenge to probably to, to possibly seek an indictment. And right now, I don't see the Biden team wanting to come anywhere near that. But all of that only covers federal crimes, correct? Correct. The president only has power to pardon for federal crimes. So if the Manhattan District Attorney is uh, going to bring federal uh, an indictment against Mr. Trump, which we know is the ongoing grand jury investigation, that would be completely unrelated. If the New York Attorney General, who we know already has a civil lawsuit against the Trump organization, is considering criminal inquiries, if she brought state crimes, again, the pardon would have no impact on that. And the second that Mr. Trump no longer is president, he loses that aura of the you can't indict a sitting president immunity as well. I have a feeling we are about to enter an interesting stretch here when it comes to presidential pardons. Uh, Brad Moss, national security lawyer, who you can follow on Twitter at Brad Moss ESQ. Brad, thank you so much for uh, all the insight that you've offered up here in 2020, and I'm sure we're going to be leaning on you for a whole bunch of stuff in the new year. So have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Stay safe, everyone. Wear a mask. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.